Hey there, welcome to the Signful Podcast. I'm Chris. I have Craig with me. Laura is vacationing, so she'll be back next week. How are you doing, Craig? I'm doing pretty well, Chris. How are you? I am good. Yeah. Another day, another, I don't know, another podcast. We'll put it like that. Let's keep it positive. How about that? So, yeah, we're here talking Seinfeld. Um, yeah, we weren't too thrilled with last week. Uh, last week, the dog, kind of disappointing on multiple levels. Feel bad. Laura, out this week, she was very yeah. pro pro the, the book. Um. Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, this week's episode, right? The library, yes. The library, okay. I'm keeping getting the library confused with the book. But the book played a big role in this um, yeah. uh, In this week's show. Um, Jerry finds out that he has a book that's 20 years overdue. Now, I wonder, the library has changed now, because I know a lot of libraries are forgiving all fines. They're like, yeah. hey, just bring it back. Um, I don't know what the library would do today if you had a book that was 20 years overdue. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you still had access to it, I'm sure they just want it back. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, they do pay for these books, but they also get funding. And, you know, I don't think they're going to go and, and beat down your door with an investigator if you are 20 years overdue. You just won't be able to go back to the library. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, there's still books in the library you can take out. Well, the other thing is it used to be, okay, you take out a book, you get two weeks to read it. I, I still think you have two weeks, but unless somebody's asking for it. I, I know where I live, the library I've gone to recently is Westerville, it's suburb of Columbus. And they'll tell you, hey, if no one wants it, we're not even going to bug you about it until someone puts a request in. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can have library books for like eight weeks. Uh, there's another library uh, around our area that does video games. You can play Xbox One games. I mean, they'll let you take it home. If nobody requests it, you get that for six weeks. I mean, why buy a game anymore? We could just yeah. play for six weeks, get tired of it, and bring it back. I mean, what a great deal. Yeah, um, yeah so it, it's very different. And Obviously, now libraries seem to be a good way for people who can't afford internet on their own. You know, there's a place now you can go look at the internet. So, if anybody is on their uh, library internet listening in, we welcome you. <laughs> Keep downloading our show on library internet servers. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. So, a very different time. I know that when I was younger, probably in the 90s when the show came out, um, you know, People hassle you. I don't think I ever got contacted by a library investigator. Uh, they were in the small towns I came from. But, yeah, people give you a hard time. I mean, it actually cost my wife, I think, 20 30 bucks one day because okay. she, she would get these library books for her teaching and never turn them back in. Okay. So my joke with her is, like, she's single-handedly funding library expansion, and, you know, there's no more library levies now because of that. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's kind of wild. Um, there are a lot of funny um, scenes. Grab my notes here. Um, when this started, okay, you know, so the book was out for 20 years. Man, Craig, I must not have been reading the right book. Maybe I was moral as a kid, which, you know, you should be moral. Uh, but Tropic of Cancer. Now, I had to look this book up because this was actually a legitimate book. 
Apparently, this is a racy book, Craig. Did you ever have to read Tropic of Cancer when you were a child? I've never, no, I've never read it, never had to read it in school or never got it in school or anything like that. No. I need to ask my wife because um, apparently the high school I went to was very more limited on reading some of the controversial books that, you know, were controversial back when we were kids. Uh, apparently, she went to school, they read pretty much whatever. So maybe my wife read. Okay. Uh, tropical cancer. I, I'm thinking now in 2022, we're we're politically charged, where it's gone into the schools and the libraries. I wonder how many tropical cancers are being read today, or if <laughs> can you pick out the tropical cancer in a school library? I'm not sure if that'll happen. I'm I'm guessing you probably don't see it at schools very uh, very often, right? Especially now. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in a work meeting, and one of the editors I work with were talking about somebody who's complaining about pornographic books in their local library. Okay. And I can't, I can't believe you can buy, you know, rent or pick up porno magazines. Maybe they're looking at a book like Tropic of Cancer. I don't know. So, um, it was good. I, I didn't catch her name. Oh, well, well here's the thing. Um, before we got there. Um, Jerry was talking about a girl he liked, and you know, I I understand how this was. You know, sometimes you're in high school, you don't awaken to woman to a certain time where you're hanging out with girls. You're like, hey, they're friends and everything, and one day you wake up to girls, and you're like, whoa, they're beautiful. So I understand what Jerry said because Jerry said she wore a dress and that hit her body for two years, and now she realized. He realized that she was a good-looking woman. So, I don't, I don't know if she hit her body or if maybe Jerry, you know, you grow up as certain. I, I'm trying to say this without being weird. I mean, right. you, you start noticing girls more. Maybe Jerry noticed girls more at that right. time. And then it was funny because Jerry looked at it as to say, hey, um, I know I turned this book back because I was with this girl. And he's like, it's burned in my memory. And then I, I, Kramer's funny. Kramer was like, "Hey, memory burn." I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a this is a, a good episode all around. Everybody had something interesting. You know, maybe Elaine was probably the one that had the least to do, uh, only because she, you know, was concerned about whether she was going to get fired or not from her job. But you know, Kramer was fun. The, the story was was preposterous, but it, it was sort of exactly what you would want in a Seinfeld episode, which is essentially that it's a show that you know is about nothing. It's it's about who should who should care about you know an overdue library book and do you know? It, it made me wonder when I first watched the episode a long time ago if they actually did have like book you know, investigators to, to try to recover these books. Now, obviously they don't. Um, the investigation is just calling you and calling you until you return it. But I always kind of wondered, you know, is that like real? Like do big city libraries have book investigators, you know, because they don't want everybody to just keep stealing books because then they'll have no books left. So it was a fun episode all around. Kramer was fun. He had this torrid love affair with the, the librarian that was uh, on call and, it uh, it was just a, a very fun episode. You know, Laura's missing out talking about a, a, a one of her favorite as well. So, um, a very good episode all the way around. Yeah, going back to something we talked about earlier that you just mentioned, 
Yeah, what's the and maybe there's more investigators at Big City. Obviously, in New York City, one of the biggest cities in the world. But I wonder where's the teeth. I'm I, like, I always wondered. Okay, if you had a overdue library fine of fifty bucks or hundred bucks or whatever, you know, my joke with my wife is, okay, there's other libraries in the area. We just never go back to this library again. We're good. Right. I mean. Do they assess that on your taxes? Like, what can they do? I mean, I guess you never use a certain library again. I'm not sure, like, what kind they can't of power charge they you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess they could charge you because, you know. Theft of her. Well, maybe not theft. I mean, they could financially, you know, charge you, I suppose, and make you pay the fine. If, and if they really felt like they, they wanted that fine and, and make – set an example of you, they could probably take you to civil court and make you, you know, make you go through those motions. But at that point, you'd probably just pay the whatever the fine would be. But I don't know. I think some libraries probably at some point will just give up on something. Others may not. In this case, they had a little fun with it and said, hey, you know, what if we put a detective story in this library sure, yeah. and make an episode out of it? And they really hit a home run with it because it, it's top to bottom hilarious that you know you've got this by the books investigator that you know tries to to give that appearance that he's a real detective and he's on the hunt for this book and of course Jerry ends up just paying whatever the fine was and it's just it's just funny to to think like well you know you might just go to a different library if if worse comes to worse and, but in this case though I'm assuming that the New York public library system is probably all connected so maybe you'd be blackballed from the entire system, I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Mr. Bookman, fantastic. I mean, the guy is... Um, by the books, I, I would guess... Not really mentioned in the storyline, which I don't think it had to. But he's either a retired detective, or maybe he's one of those guys that... Yeah. Maybe failed at previous work and always wanted to be a detective, and right. you know he couldn't make it in the NYPD, so he's like, "Hey, I'll be a detective <laughs> of the library." That's his like glory or something like that. And yeah, and played by the great Philip Baker Hall, who was actually a Toledo, Ohio uh, native. Really? So yeah, so a, a okay. little connection to our our podcast network of Ohio. So kind of a cool little story, um, and he's fantastic in this and you know, creates a lot of iconic moments of the pointing and, you know, really getting under Jerry's, you know, skin, trying to investigate what happened to this book. And, you know, of course, Kramer pokes fun at his name being Bookman, you know, talking about if someone that sold ice cream, was, you know, their name was Cone. So it's just, you know, everybody has something fun to do here, really. And that's what makes a great Seinfeld episode is where all three or however many stories that are going on at one time, how many of them work? And in this case, all of them worked, I think, in the grand scheme of things. I got to pull the curtain back a little bit, Craig. We've talked about this a little bit. And I can say this here, you know, Craig and I, you hear Craig most and me most on, on this network. Um, I always wonder since not many of us are Ohio, I think me is the only one left of our regulars. <laughs> um I always thought about maybe a, a brand name change. I'm not quite sure it's that. But for those of you, and I've, I hear it on occasion for people to say, how dare you call yourself the Ohio when you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Seinfeld, whatever. Hey, as Craig just pointed out, Toledo guy on the show. Yeah. 
So like I said, we're not picking Seinfeld because there's a Toledo guy on one episode in season three. But, hey, we're trying to get this back to Ohio. And, hey, you know, we're in Ohio. We like we like Seinfeld. I bet you other people like Seinfeld in Ohio, too. Okay, sorry for the yeah, little detour yeah. I took there, Craig. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he was definitely the comic. And I liked – I can't do impressions that well. But, you know, he – you know, hey, you're there, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. Like how he pointed and got back, and you know, he thought it was a game and everything. And I guess having a um, raunchy book as a high school may have been a little bit of giggles and everything. I mean, it's a book. I don't think you know, old Jerry was prancing around with his book and it's just a game to him. It just you know, he right. forgot it, right? Right. And brought it back. Um, the guy, uh, Heyman, also playing a role. Mr. Heyman, um, you know, I've had tough gym teachers. Um, it was interesting. I, um, my middle school gym teacher, I didn't have to take a gym in high school. I ran into him a couple years before he died, and we had a talk, and he was tough. He wasn't necessarily tough on me. He was just a tough guy that oversaw the class, and we got – it was good because I'm comparing my story with George's because my story, we just chuckled and he got my face and said, you know, just to have fun. You know, like, remember when I did this scene and stuff like that? But, you know, I wasn't scared to see him. It was kind of a good time reminiscing. George was petrified. I mean, when George was in the library and, oh, poor Mr. Heyman was the homeless guy now. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was homeless. And George was still like, oh, we better go out the other way or something. Yeah, I freaked George out. Yeah, I was kind of surprised about how this played out because, you know, obviously George was, you know, said to be tortured by this this coach and ended up he, you know, he believed that, you know, because he told on the coach for giving him a wedgie as a high schooler, that that got the coach fired and then likely sent him into a spiral of losing his job and becoming homeless. And then, of course, you know, now maybe is uh, living out, in the, you know, outside of the library that they go to. But I kind of wondered, you know, if if that guy treated George that way, I wonder why he felt the need to make amends where he was, you know, trying to talk to the guy to, to maybe reconnect with the coach who sort of had tortured him. So in some ways it kind of didn't make sense, but then in other ways it was kind of showing George and more of a compassionate side, which we didn't always see, you know, George was always out for himself and then sometimes out for his friends, but mostly was out for his own personal gains. So I'm kind of surprised that George didn't take, uh, you know, his former gym teacher's homelessness maybe as a victory in some ways. But I guess it does show that George has a little compassion in his in his body. Now, obviously not enough compassion to be like, hey, can I point you somewhere I can help you? Or Here, here's 10 bucks for dinner or whatever else the case might be. I mean, yeah. yeah. But – yeah, you're right. It's it's just interesting uh, seeing old George's reaction, and um, yeah, I don't know. It, as long as we look at these things, we gotta look at what life was like back then compared to today. I mean, yeah. you know, if we were watching this in the '90s, like uh, getting fired for giving a student a wedgie, I'm not sure. My today, we'd have front page stories in the paper. We'd have you know. <laughs> Social media campaigns, um, oh, yeah, probably Fox News screaming about it and MSNBC screaming about it. So, oh, yeah, 
Mr. Hayman probably got off easy for being fired in the 90s if this didn't happen today. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, there certainly would be, be a lot of attention these days uh, for something like this happening. But, uh, you know, he did lose his job and his livelihood, it seems. And the only problem is, though, is that he didn't seem to learn his lesson because he still gave George another wedgie, uh, this time an atomic wedgie, when George tried to not confront him but just, you know, talk to him out, you know, out where he was uh, sleeping by the library. And it seemed as though the, uh, you know, maybe George's compassion was met with more hostility. And, you know, the gym teacher didn't seem to learn his lesson about maybe why he did lose his job. So, you know, in some ways, George maybe was, you know, instead of helping him and he just wanted to, to talk and see what's going on. And he still gets a wedgie for his trouble. So this this coach didn't seem to learn his lesson. The thing I didn't like about Bookman, uh, I, I used to work at paper. None of the papers I work at now. Or, well, let me put it this way. With the current management of the papers I work now. So <laughs> those of you who might know my resume may start looking back at <laughs> where I worked at in the past or whatever. Uh, but you know, the thing that bugged me about Bookman was it wasn't just the anal way he was looking at books. I mean... Um, you know, um, Kramer's girlfriend, the girl who worked at the library, yeah. she panicked because, you know, Bookman almost saw her, you know, outside Jerry's apartment. And Kramer's <laughs> like, oh, what's going on? Well, he'll, he'll see me. I'll get in trouble. And it's funny because the paper I used to work at, it's like they weren't in the same year. Like they were disciplining people like it was 40 years ago and stuff like that. And I kind of felt that even though this this story happened in the 1990s, Booker was kind of carrying it back to the 1950s way. And, hey, it was funny. It's a comedy. We're watching this. You know, he's an actor. It didn't bother me. But if I really knew Bookman or let's say I was in the Seinfeld world where I was just a person in that world, oh, I would be terrified of Mr. Bookman because – I, I've had bosses like that, which which made life very, very strange. So, yeah, and of course, you know, he ends up catching Marion and Kramer in the library after hours, right? Um, and uh, so, yeah, he's sort of a by the book, no pun intended, you know, library investigator. So, I guess that's why she was afraid. Uh, which, you know, I, I mean, I think the biggest problem was that she was supposed to be at work, which. Wouldn't if you're at work, wouldn't you notice that she's not there? I mean, unless she had right. just stuck off for uh, you know, whatever. But I think that was her concern was that if she got caught, then Bookman would turn her in and she'd get fired for skipping out on the job to go fraternize with the customers. Yeah, I get that. But Craig, look, I mean, it's a different time, but we're in 2022, it's a great resignation. Employees have a little more power here. I mean, if we had the same attitude back then, they'd be like, "Hey, yeah, yeah." As long, if she's gonna work done, get on done time. If she wants to have a little yeah. relationship in the library, go for it. You know, I mean, right. it's not killing anybody. You know, <laughs> I get it. I, I hear you. How would you like? It would be like if you let's say they rebooted Seinfeld for like one episode. They redid the book, but did in like 2022 era. You know. Uh, Book Bookman probably wouldn't have his job. It'd be like, come on, dude. You know, you gotta <laughs> you're why there's a great resignation, Bookman. That's why everyone's leaving yeah. the library, yeah. Yeah, this is this this probably isn't an episode that would 
I wouldn't say age well because it's still funny, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's certainly not an episode that would exist in today's society. But when you're talking about when it came out and the time period, it, it totally works. And, you know, it's one of the better, you know, up until this point, it's probably, I would say, the best episode that we've seen to this oh, point and yeah. what we've seen. Um, now, obviously, there's a good string of episodes that are to come. Um, including, you know, next week's parking garage episode, but this, this is a really fantastic episode. Like I said, all of the story narratives kind of, even if they don't intersect or come together to make a complete story, they're on their own separately and they're very fun together, you know, where Elaine's concerned about whether she's going to get fired. We, you know, we meet sort of, we get to know a little bit more about her and about her anxiety, but then also her work. And, you know, she tries to, you know, get this uh, get rich quick scheme almost, if you will, with her boss by giving her this poetry that's been written by Kramer's librarian girlfriend because he's crying over it and seems to be loving it. Well, he loves it because he's sort of infatuated with the librarian. So, of course, she gives the, the poetry to Mr. Lippman because she thinks he's she's going to steer him to like the next great poet and it doesn't work. So it kind of complicates her job even more where she's already thinking she's on the chopping block and then thinking she's going to rise up the ranks because she gets this great poetry and it doesn't happen. Maybe it kind of puts her even more in harm's way of, of, of losing her job there. Yeah. What a relationship between her and uh, Kramer. I like the opening line where, you know, Kramer's talking to Jerry. They're looking at her before they talk to her. Uh, you know, Kramer is surmising about her life. You know, she right, right. dressed properly, primly, yeah. you know, your old stereotype of the librarian and and Kramer's classic line. She needs a little tenderness, a little understanding, needs a little Kramer. So Yeah. And then Did he you, says, What's a guy gotta do to get a library card when he yes, yes. which is kind of a funny a funny line too. So this is a this is a fun this is I mean we've seen Kramer with girls before, but I don't I don't recall them ever being like this passionate. Like oh, uh, yeah. both of them together in that passion. Like we've seen Kramer get a little bit apprehensive about you know getting deep in, into a connection with a girl. Um, I think the only time I can really ever think of off the top of my head where it's maybe just as you know torrid of a relationship is probably um, when the uh, the one woman might have been carrying Kramer's child, um, you know, and he like yelled out to Jerry that, you know, I think, I, I think it was Doreen, she's late or whatever. So yeah. you know, it seemed like he was excited about that, which, you know, that's like the only time I can really think of Kramer and the other person having this like equal, you know, just love affair of each other. The only one that might rivalry and I underline might was a couple episodes back where, um, Kramer, I think that's when you were hanging out with Jill Biden. Uh, it was the one where, okay, um, you know, Jerry and Elaine were kind of exploring, you know, should we, was that the deal, I believe? Yeah, when they were exploring by getting back. And I think it was the episode after that, you know, Kramer was uh, dating um, Elaine's uh, roommate. And, oh, you know, they did right. the weird dances and everything now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No passionate scenes, but them doing those dances you would imagine are hooking up or yeah. yeah if they weren't right. they were just very strange. I mean who knows? Maybe they were just dancing weird, you know, who knows? 
No, you're That's right. What they were together because uh, he would stay. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he stayed over. And I don't know if it was that episode specifically, but didn't he like stay overnight or like he ran into Elaine while he was maybe not dressed all the way or something like so? He yeah, was for a while. So, yeah, I think he. That was that. You're right. That's probably an episode where the passion was there for Kramer, maybe on both sides there. And maybe not long term. Maybe just kind of. Yeah. Hey, a short-term hooking up thing. Yeah, I would probably be what I would tell my parents. I'm not hooking up, just dancing. Just you know, we're in togas, we're dancing. Sorry, there's a lot of togas. There's a lot of short-term relationships on Seinfeld that right. And this is another one where literally it's you know five ten minutes of screen time for he and you know Mary and the librarian, but. You know, to us, it, it, it in Seinfeld years, it seems like that's years because Seinfeld just oh, yeah. every episode's a new love interest for somebody, and so anytime you see something, you just assume that they've been together for, you know, months, just because that's the the time period that Seinfeld seems to just, you know, be hyperactive with. Any other thoughts on Seinfeld before we talk about next week? So we'll do a couple plugs before we get out here. No, I I just I think it's. You know, like I said, I think it's one of the best episodes, um, you know, that that we've seen up until this point. Obviously, the season three really hits a stride, and this is a really great episode. I really enjoy it, um, primarily for the Philip Baker Hall, Ohioan native, uh, in his performance. Uh, you know, I think he should have been nominated for uh, a guest appearance Emmy because of his performance. But at the time, maybe it didn't seem like it was such a great performance. And then 20 years, 30 years later you realize it's it's a pretty fun performance. So just an all, all in all, a great episode. Everybody had something to do, and, you know, it all worked out. It all worked out pretty well. All right. Very good. And next week, hey, good Laura's on vacation. Sometimes she's able to do the show, but she was tied up today. So we look forward to seeing her back next week. And I can pretty much assure you she'll be back next week because next week we're talking about the parking garage. And what did she say last week? Like top two or three, if I remember right? I, I think so. I think she's, you know, she she was really excited about this this group of episodes that we have. Right. You know, in this little I think she was really excited about the parking garage. Yeah, the parking, the parking garage is definitely, you know, one. And then, um, I you know, the cafe is another one that I think we all enjoy. So some good episodes that are coming up here. We are, and we're going to take this week off of Fraser. Uh, or tied up, so we'll wait a week. We'll, we'll touch that base next week. All right, Craig, we have probably three and a half minutes left, so let's try to get through uh, some of these promos. Um, Craig, you talked about Seinfeld years. We're not. It seems like it's not real time. It seems like it's taken a long time. Well, Craig and I are starting to talk about NFL where we can because you know we all like to talk NFL. It seems like every day is like a year in NFL time because there was a huge NFL news today yeah. that we weren't expecting. Uh, Tyree Kill um, had a contract issue uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs had the salary cap to pay him because they already paid Pat Mahomes a lot of money. So Tyree Kill gets traded today. Um, he goes to the Dolphins for five draft picks. Wow. A big deal. So I'm sure – now, I can say, Craig, wow. This is something we'll talk about next week if we do an NFL segment. Chances are it's going to be like five other huge breaking news probably between them there because the yeah. NFL doesn't have off season and I like it because I'm kind of, I like all sports but I'm really focusing 
probably 99% of my sports energy on the NFL right now. And Craig, there's no off season, man. It's not other sports. You can say, Hey, you know, you know, don't think about this for a couple of weeks and you'll come back here. It's like, Hey, keep refreshing your Twitter. I mean, something crazy is going to happen every day. It's just nuts. So I sell that to say on Monday, and I think we released this today, if I recall correctly. Uh, we had a segment about the NFL uh, notes. Just some of the – oh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we talked about that. That's out. But now it almost seems old because now Tyreek Kill's out. So we'll talk about that next Monday and probably everything else that's going on at the NFL. Oh, geez, what else did we talk about, Craig? Um, oh, what a day. Um we had a YouTube show of Joe Castle. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Sammy the cook. Sam the cooking and, guy, yeah. Yeah, Sam the cooking guy. Uh, what else did we talk about Monday? Oh, Monday well, seems like it's been five weeks ago. Yeah, it, 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 it does seem like it. Um, well, I, you know, I know we, you and I discussed the, uh, you know, the Deshaun Watson trade and, and what that maybe means. We talked about the HBO Max and Discovery Plus merger, uh, which we're both interested in. And, uh, so lots of lots of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, we had a couple other things that we're gonna release for the week. It just it's been crazy, guys. Just believe me. And then later tonight, uh, me, Paul, and uh, Joe get together. It's always nuts when we get together. Uh, we've got our main Steelers podcast. Just talk about some of the Steelers news of the week. You, you also see that behind the steel curtain. Uh, we also have. We're playing a segment on Baker Mayfield. Uh, Craig, I'm stunned. Okay. Over the past two days, more rumors about if the Browns release Baker Mayfield, the Steelers might be into it. So, um, yeah, well, I'm calling it with the guys. I, I think if the pay's right, I would consider it, but not where you're giving up draft picks and paying $18 million to Baker Mayfield. So, we're on another segment where we kind of discuss it, maybe have an intervention that hopefully the Steelers will listen to. And uh, we'll figure out what's going on there. Um, and we're also talking to the assistant principal who got fired. Uh, he's in Mississippi for reading I Need a New Butt. He was supposed to come on last week. He had a family issue, uh, but he's scheduled to come on tonight. And we're also going to talk, uh, Craig, this is, I, I know we shouldn't talk politics on the show, but this is something that you and I need to march on Washington about. Apparently, Doritos they're taking out five chips per bag because of supply chain shortages. Wow. Okay. Craig, that's stunning. I mean, that's, we need to march on Washington and storm the Capitol. I'm, I'm not going to storm the yeah. yeah. All this other stuff, elections, everything, who cares? I don't want to talk about that. But when you take five chips per bag out of Doritos, Craig, it's revolution time, man. Well, let's drive to Washington. <laughs> that is, that is just disheartening. That's like, you know, it's an all-time, you know, like an, it's going to rank up there in the all-time, uh, you know, travesties and food history right there is Doritos taking out some of their chips. That's, come on, let's, wow, who, who can we trust these days? Well, I hate to joke about that because you know how Americans are about their food. There might be a revolution over Doritos. So, I mean, this could happen, Craig. I mean, I, we're joking about it now. So, I'm, I didn't storm the capital of Doritos in case that happens much. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, that's about it. Um, Craig, um, I think this is being released tomorrow. Uh, Craig talked to Bob uh, Garvey the other day about X. Yeah. 
some other movies and uh, and his Oscar predictions for the oh. six categories. So if you want to get some early Oscar opinion from uh, George, or from Bob, the Oscars are this weekend. So uh, very interested to see what his takes were. He had some interesting uh, decisions there and ideas on who might win. We have to figure out time. And we're kind of opening ourselves up. Where we have overtime to podcast, we got to say, okay, Bob, you and the movies of Craig is great, but let's find one other time. Just that we got to ask Bob lots of questions. Maybe a, you, me, you, me, and Bob just we discuss current events. I don't know. Maybe I, I think Bob has a lot to say. I'm, I'm really wow, it's raining like crazy outside, Craig. I may not be around next Monday the way it looks outside. Holy crap, is it bad? Uh, but no, yeah, and, and more Bob Garver, please. I don't know if any of our listeners are saying that, but I'm, I'm saying that. So we got to reach out to Bob. It'll be fun. All right. And then um, George, is he still mourning the Browns or is he, he going to be back? I think we're going to be back, although um, I know he, uh, he did have a screening that kind of fell through for him. So. Uh, we might just be talking Oscars or something very brief, so we'll uh, we'll see. I think we'll be able to get George again this week. He uh, he can't resist, you know. Oh yeah, I mean he covers sports for the um, Acrobica Journal. That's his kind of main thing that's on his plate. But uh, they nicely let him cover pop culture too. And uh, George likes sports. I'm not telling anything. I'm not saying George hates his job, but George really likes uh, pop culture. So. He does. Yeah, yeah, really good. Craig, as we're finishing up, I'm checking the weather. Oh, it's just a severe thunderstorm watch. Okay, that's fine. You should hear out here. If I could put a mic up by the window, it sounds like we're going to... It sounds like we're going to make another Wizard of Oz pretty soon. Yeah. You know, or yeah, we're getting, we're getting some heavy winds, too. Yeah, we're getting some, some wow. really howling winds down here as well. So must be that's everywhere, true. I guess. Yeah, especially when we're in different states. So, very good. Anything else we should talk about? No, I don't think so. I'll be. I'll also be giving my Oscar predictions Ooh. here. I'll be recording a session, and okay. I will be. I will be doing every category. So all twenty. Oh wow! <laughs> all twenty-three categories. So could be a long podcast. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody have to get their um, you know their ballots ready and. Uh, I know that uh, Ben Lanka, an editor there in Ohio, likes to use some of my Oscar picks for his pool. So um, you'll have to let him know that they'll be incoming here very soon. All right. Uh, I would like to get Ben on sometime, but Ben seems to only talk about the Columbus crew and <laughs> the Intel plant that's coming to looking well, kind of Yeah, well, so. I mean, I always and date. Well, you could talk Dayton Flyers or something if they made uh, if they were to make a run in the NCAA tournament or something. They, he loves the Dayton Flyers. He's a Dayton Flyer through and through. Craig, I know we're not talking politics as much anymore, but Mike DeWine was in the news. He, he almost got in the brawl with. I heard about that. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. we, we we got. I've been thinking about this. Um, well, here's another plug that we need to get out there. Um. We were trying to release like six podcasts a day, something crazy. It got a little cumbersome. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. Yeah. So we're going to put out as much as we can. Um, but what I've done is I've uploaded about 30 or 40 of our just segments that we have fun with. Segments with Craig, segments with Paul and Joe. Um, I have every segment we've done with um, 
Dan Tierney. And maybe we missed Dan Tierney. We got to find We got to see if we can get Dan Tierney back on. And yeah. Well, Tom oh, yeah. was saying, hey, we're not talking so much politics, so we'll ask you one question about the wine and ask about the rest. And, you know, Tierney told me that he was going to try to get the wine on. I don't want us to go to Columbus. I mean, Craig lives in Tennessee now. He's not driving back up to Columbus. Sorry about Mike DeWine. I know it sounds mean toward Mike DeWine, but I don't think Craig's going to drive six hours to, you know, interview Mike yeah. DeWine. So, yeah. uh, so Zoom. I mean, I, I don't know if the governor knows Zoom or not. Well, not Zoom, but the StreamYard that we use. Yeah. yeah. You know, come on, governor. Just go on StreamYard. You don't have to drive anywhere. You can. I would like to see your face. I mean, you turn your video camera on. But if you're in a sweatshirt, that's fine. You don't have to wear a suit. It's good. So I bet you Dan Tierney is waiting to hear from us. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, I thought they forgot about me. So, yeah. all right. Well, hey, thanks for putting up with us. Just wanted to kind of uh, do a bunch of promos at the end. Uh, but this is the Seinfeld show. Thanks for checking us out. And oh, one other note. Subscribe to our podcast channels. I say that because right when we upload it, they directly go on our podcast channel. So you can see all these interviews right away. Sometimes we'll wait two or three days before we release them on our website. But if you subscribe to us on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Google Play or however you get us, you'll get it right away. So um, subscribe to us on your podcast schedule too. It'll be great. So for Craig, this is Chris. The rain stopped, Craig, so I think we'll survive. Have a good one. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for checking out the Seinfeld Show. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.